0: fbi radio you're tuned into fbi radio 94.5 this is mornings and it's rolled past 10 it's a thursday which means it is time for down to earth with kurt iverson from geography at university of sydney this is our fortnightly chat about how we can make our cities fairer and more sustainable this week we're going to be talking about bees in the city
1: Bees. Yes, ma'am. Buzzy bees.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Hi, Kurt. Sorry, I didn't say hey. Well,
1: hey. Hey, yourself. most <laughs> nice to be said hey, too.
0: Um, so, bees in the city, we don't see them too much. Well,
1: exactly. And look, I figured it'd be a good topic this week because, you know, earlier this month, we had that huge report from the United Nations... Uh, intergovernmental science policy platform on biodiversity and ecosystem services, which is a hell of a mouthful. But if you think about, you know, there's that big group of climate scientists that work with the UN that do all the climate stuff. There's another huge group, international huge group of scientists that work on biodiversity. Um, And they put out a report earlier this month that is about as like challenging as the big climate change report that came out last year. Talking about the kind of accelerating rate of species decline um, and extinction that we're living in right now um so there's about eight million or so animal and plant species um around the world and they estimate that over a million of them right now are threatened with extinction um if things keep going the way that they're going which is like heavy it's um and they're sort of saying that like the climate scientists that we need a kind of fundamental system-wide reorganization to kind of halt that decline in biodiversity and for us like when we're talking on down to earth about urban environments and fairness and all that good stuff like urbanization is a really big part of the problem here um because changes in land and sea use um, associated with cities getting you know bigger um, is like the number one driver that they've identified for species loss so if we're going to halt it we're going to actually have to rethink how we do cities and rethink the way that we kind of encourage like biodiversity and cool stuff to be happening in cities, um, not just destroying habitats and not replacing them with stuff.
0: So bees are one of the animals that scientists are worried about.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, um, it seems as though the global, particularly the sort of wild bee population globally has been declining, um, for about the last 50 or 60 years. It's particularly that decline experienced in certain parts of the world. So particularly in, um, North America um, and parts of Europe at the moment. Um, And bees um, are threatened by um, a couple of key kind of conditions. One is this uh, colony collapse disorder um, where, like, bee colonies are just, like, collapsing um, suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, And they're also vulnerable to these parasites, particularly there's a little mite called the Varroa mite that gets into a bee colony, a beehive, and then um, sort of, you know, kills it off from the inside.
0: I didn't know that bee bee colonies also take over other bee colonies.
1: Yeah. It's like, they're vicious. They can be, it's, it's a, I don't know. It's I was about bee, to say, a, a, oh, look, look what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, it is. Um, and so like all that stuff though, like that's kind of part of the order of the world of bees, right? And there's so many... Don't blame
0: the bees for the bees to climb. Right,
1: you know, so that's right. That stuff about, you know, how they inhabit one another and interact with one another is like, that's been happening for ages. But all the the 20th century stuff um, is the sort of big threat to them, really. You know what I mean? Um, And like, as far as we know, sort of modern agriculture and the use of pesticides is going to be one of the factors here. Um, The kind of monocultures in agriculture as well and the lack of diversity of plant species that they can you know feed on and interact with is another um that might be making them more vulnerable to all these sort of collapses and parasites and mites and other things that are taking them down
0: um so i want to chat about the bees but i just want to go off on one question we're talking about decline of species is there any chance that the mosquito is on that list
1: Oh, I don't know. So we need someone to go and Google that for us right now while we're talking. Go and look up the...
0: The decline of mosquitoes. That'd be great. Oh,
1: look. <laughs> poor old mosquitoes.
0: Um, anyway. So
1: speaks somebody who lives in the inner city. In Sydney. Yeah. Yep.
0: Let me get off the mosquito. Yeah. So we're talking about bees. Why should we care about bees?
1: Yeah. Well, look, the big thing about bees is that they're a kind of keystone species, right? Which is that... Um, they play such an important role in ecosystems, um, and in particular, you know, they pollinate things, right? And that, so without bees, not you know, it's not just that we want to keep them there because they're good on their own terms, but it's because of the hugely important role they play in um, ecosystems through pollination. So um, there's about 20,000 species of bees, um, as it turns out, um, but any decline in their, you know, both in the diversity of bees, but in their overall numbers would have like massive implications for all the plant species that depend on them for pollination. Um, And so um, if we lose bees, we're going to lose plants. But also for us humans, um, if we lose the plants, then we're going to lose the food. And they're really, really important in agriculture, right? So about just to give you, uh, uh, you know, a little factoid, About 65% of agricultural production in Australia is dependent on bees for pollination. So bees are doing heaps of the work of agriculture in a place like Australia, and if we did lose them, then we'd be in huge trouble.
0: You're listening to Kurt Iverson from Geography at University of Sydney. This is our fortnightly chat about how we can make our cities fairer and more sustainable. We're talking about bees, and coming up after this chat, we're going to talk about bees in the city. FBI Radio. Kurt. Tell us about bees in the city then. So,
1: right. So having talked about why they're important globally, let's talk about the city. Exactly. And um, like we've talked on down to earth before about how we share the urban environment with lots of plant species and lots of little critters, mosquitoes, bees, whatever. Um, and we've got to start thinking about our cities as habitat, not just for us, um, but for all those other critters that we share it with. Um, and like, think about our relationships too. So, you know, anybody who's trying to grow pot plants and flowers and herbs and veggies in a city, on their balcony, on their roof, in their backyard, we're all dependent on bees being in our urban environment to play that pollinating role, even for us. Um, And of course, there's lots of us might want to grab the honey from the beehives as well. So they not only are pollinating things, but they're producing deliciousness. Um, And so um, the other thing about... um, beekeeping in cities is that if we actually start actively doing it there's a whole like sociability and community aspect to doing beekeeping as well that just kind of like community gardening can sort of come with us paying a bit more attention to our urban environment and thinking about how we can make homes for bees um, in the city along with us right Um, so even if I think about it my little local public school their community garden they've also got now a few native beehives just like buzzing about the school looking after the community garden, but like that's, you know, they can teach kids about the importance of bees through it and everything. So there's all these sort of benefits that come through, you know, thinking about the place of bees in a city.
0: What are some of the problems you can face as a beekeeper?
1: Well, this is the thing, right? So there's a kind of um, bunch of problems that um, can come. We're kind of lucky in Australia right now that there's not too many regulations about if you want to keep bees, in your backyard or on your roof or whatever. And we've got these kind of interesting little scenes popping up now, right? So there's always been a really strong beekeeping culture in some migrant communities in Sydney. They've sort of bought um, beekeeping practices with them as they've migrated. Um, And that's all completely informal, off the radar, blah, blah, blah. Um, We don't know how many beehives there are around the place that are like that. Um, And there's also now a kind of growing, like slightly more formal beekeeping scene. Uh, that's sort of popping up, partly like hipster, partly environmentalist uh, or whatever of people doing it. Yay. Seen beekeepers. Exactly. Um, So technically, if you're one of the people who's got particularly a honey beehive and you're trying to make honey in the city, you're meant to register your hive with the New South Wales government. Um, You don't have to register native beehives if you're keeping them in your backyard or wherever. Um, But different councils do have different policies as well, which what makes it tricky So, if you're thinking about doing this, um, you know, working with bees, and we'll talk about how you can get involved in it in a minute, you'd want to check your council regs first. So, that's one of your problems is just like navigating all the crazy rules that Mm. might or might not apply. Um, And another thing you've got to do in terms of problems is like just be thinking about talking to your neighbours if you're planning to get involved in beekeeping in cities, like because people have allergies, some people, Mm. Um, and um, also like when bees are sort of setting up new colonies and they swarm, it's a, I don't know, have Scary. you ever seen a bee swarm?
0: No, I I got told about one recently about two swarms talking.
1: Oh, like, That would have been even more terrifying. Yeah, like, like two
0: swarms forming above this group of people and yeah. they just had to all stop and the bees had to like sorted out amongst each other. So they're like talking back and forth with each other.
1: Yeah. It's like fully intense, right? It's like a giant big black cloud mm. just hovering just above the ground. It sounds like a helicopter over your head or something, the noise of it. Right. So, um, When was you know, the last time you saw a swarm? Well, this is the thing, right? We've got a guy, uh, down the road, um, who's a beekeeper, uh, where I live. And, everyone um, knows he's a beekeeper. Everyone knows he he's a beekeeper. Sure in fact, knows. there's about a dozen houses on our street now that he's like set up hives in for people. Um, and so, occasionally, some bees from one of those hives will go wandering and try and set up a new colony and somewhere. Try and try and fight the other bees on yeah. the
0: street. You've got gangs.
1: <laughs> You're all about the bee fighting. <laughs> <laughs> you want them to be killing each other. i oh no, Just <laughs> Setting up a deck chair and watching. Place <laughs> the bets. The bees taking on. Um, but so, you know, that swarming stuff um, is a big deal too. So, you know, um, obviously, when that's out in the middle of nowhere, it's one thing. But it, when it's happening on a residential street, it's quite another thing. So problems like that you've got to think through
0: what's the difference between keeping native or european bees
1: and that's um so this is another interesting thing for us here in sydney which is that um if you want to make honey you're going to need your european honeybees um and they if you think about it like a regular backyard say or rooftop um hive that would take up about the size if you can picture it of a esky or a like you know big carton of beer or something like that um but uh so that's if you want your honey. But if you're just after some bees for sort of pollination and stuff, um, particularly bees that are going to work with the native um, flora, then native bees are much, much smaller. Um, they come in a hive about the size of a tissue box. Um, but there'll be, you know, thousands of bees in one of those hives. Um, and the other thing about them is they don't sting. So particularly for like, you know, community gardens, schools, that kind of stuff, um, little native hives, they take up less space they don't sting they're awesome
0: too cute how can people get involved
1: well um there's a few ways if you're interested in sort of contributing to the growth and revival of bee populations in cities you could get involved um the easiest way in some ways is to actually offer some space for somebody who actually knows what they're doing to set up a hive right so that's what's going on in my street i just mentioned You know, um, our little neighbor will go around and find people who are prepared to give up a bit of their backyard. Um, Maybe a roof, maybe a balcony, uh, maybe a community garden. Um, And so um, if you're super keen and actually want to learn how to do it yourself, um, you could sort of join a club or take a course. Um, And so there's a website called um, Urban Beehive that you should check out if you're interested um that's run by a couple of people doug and vicky here in sydney they're the kind of local beekeeping gurus so they run beekeeping courses um in centennial parklands teach you how to do it um but they also are in touch with a whole bunch of the like registered beekeepers so even if you you know you sort of think i don't want to actually have to learn how to do it and get all the kit and suits and stuff but i'm prepared to donate some space for a beehive in my neighborhood then you know you can call them and they'll connect you with somebody do you have to who could do it.
0: Do you have to kit out for all hives?
1: No. So especially the, the mainly the kit out thing is really about when you're trying to extract honey. Yeah. Like, so if you're not trying to do that, if you're just like wanting to keep a little native beehive in your backyard and just leave them be, see what I did there? Um, you know, <laughs> you don't need all that kit and the smoking in the, cause you can get the else. ones
0: that, Don't disturb the hive. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So that's another thing now that the urban beekeeping people are getting very excited about these flow hives where you can almost just like turn a tap and the honey will drip out. And like, seems like from reading around about it, the the OGs bee think keeping, it's yeah, cheating. Right, exactly, right? So the beekeeping community, the jury seems to be out about it, but um, well, they're definitely becoming a thing now, so you should check it out if yeah. you're interested.
0: We can put it to a beekeeper right now on the text line who's texted in on 0409 945 945. Do mm. you think flow hives are, che- are cheating, Bernie the beekeeper? Bernie said bees rock. It's a shame how ignorance takes over people, a fear of keeping bees in backyards. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Bernie. Hey, Bernie. So we've been chatting about bees on Down to Earth. And at the start of um, this chat, you mentioned a report. And Kurt, um, we've been talking here and there throughout the show about the fact it's Reconciliation Week. And that report you mentioned at the start, mm. um, It also talks about the importance of First Nations people in biodiversity preservation. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it does. And that's a really big part of the recommendations of the report um, that actually um, they very explicitly say that the effort to sort of conserve biodiversity would really benefit from an explicit consideration of the views and perspectives and expertise and rights of First Nations peoples. Um, And they're talking about that On a planetary scale. Um, And they're saying that partly because the science seems to be suggesting there's actually a correlation between places where First Nations people have land rights and are managing land and the preservation of biodiversity, right? And that's not just in kind of, you know, not urban environments, it's in urban environments too. So actually, um, it's a really important part of that report. And it just also, you know, goes to show that whether we're talking about climate change whether we're talking about like river and catchment management, whether we're talking about biodiversity that actually in Australia, a big part of the solution has just got to be land rights. Um, and uh, yes, we should remember that in this week of, uh, of all weeks to be talking about that for sure.
0: Thank you so much for coming in, Kurt. Did you want to give anyone a shout out? Yeah, definitely. I was <laughs> going to
1: say, I had some students working with me a little while ago, actually doing some work on this bee stuff. So um, Leah, Claire, Heather, Chris, Hamish, if you're out there, Respect, yo, shout out, whatever. Bees rock. I'm so down with the kids. Listen, um, so yeah, thanks heaps.
0: <laughs> thanks, Kurt, for right coming Eddie. on.
1: No worries. See you next time. This podcast
0: is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.